everybody, it's the SIF Podcast. Stay here for the football podcast. This one for the South Divisions. You will not believe <clears throat> a couple of my rankings. Uh, I got Jacksonville. I got Carolina in <clears throat> really opposite positions. The mayor is a little more tempered, so... I also gave out a random fact. If you like animals, you'll like that. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the SIFT Podcast, Save It for the Football Podcast. This one for the South Divisions preview. We're going to talk NFC South and AFC South. Um, We're going to talk about quarterback battles. We're going to talk about uh, what we think the records are going to be for these teams. I'm going to give out a random fact. But before I do anything, I'm going to welcome in the Mayor. Mayor, how are you? Uh, not too bad. It's uh, a Wednesday uh, in ordinary time. The NFL season is getting closer and closer. I think um, the Hall of Fame game was a week ago now. Um, I don't even know who won, to be honest. I didn't look. Um, didn't even watch one second of it. Watched a couple minutes of the Hall of Fame ceremony. You know, the those are really exciting for when you have a long-time player you've watched forever kind of go in, but I'm kind of on a rant at this point. Um, anyways, I'm doing good, Mr. Professor. Um, how are you? Good. You said it's been quite a day. Did you want to elaborate on that? Uh, no, just, you know, work stuff and then craziness after work and just, you know, here we are. <laughs> uh, we are doing this podcast at 730 in the evening. So does that mean you have a late shift tomorrow? Are you off tomorrow or what's going on? No, that means the mayor is going to lose about an hour of sleep. But normally if, if I'm in bed by nine 30, 10 o'clock, that's, that's probably a good sign. All right. Fair enough. Um, this is professors out of town on a work trip. So we got school starting tomorrow. So I'm the uh, Mr. Mom. I got to take the kids to school and get them ready in the morning and get their lunches and all that stuff. So uh, it's going to be an interesting thing. Not that I haven't done that before, but it's the first day of school. So we shall see how that all goes tomorrow morning. Yeah. You know, um, so your teacher, maybe not currently, former, possibly. What What is the deal? Now, I don't have any children, just in case the sifters aren't aware and the professor does have children. We've talked about it briefly before. But what is the deal with starting school on a Thursday? Is that just Florida? Or, I mean, is that everywhere? I, maybe our sifters can reach out to me at 49 Gators and hit me up about their first day of school with their kids. Um, I'm just kind of curious if Florida is the only wacky state that does this. Counties and districts kind of have some discretion. Um, the state will generally tell them this is how many seat time hours that uh, that a student needs. So they need a certain number of hours throughout this, the year. So that's why, you know, if we start in August, early August, then they get out before Memorial Day. And it, it's usually the end of May. Um, a lot of states up north start later. Uh, 
in September. I, I don't know exactly why that is, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know why starting on a Thursday makes any sense to anybody, but I will say as a teacher, it's a little bit nice because if you come back on a Monday and you've got a full week, it, it can be a little bit much the first, you know, just getting back into the flow of things for an entire week of teaching. Um, and it, most teachers have 130 to 160 students. So um, just those first couple of days can be rough and having a, a weekend after that is nice. Yeah. Now, my other thought about that was, do you think it has anything to do with planned hurricane days that obviously at one point in the school season, half of Florida isn't going to have school for a day or two? And yeah. due just to the overprotection of making sure that everybody is ultimately safe. That does make sense. Um, I mean, but of course, like up north, they have um, blizzard days and stuff. You know, they have days that they have to you know, take off too. So I, I don't know exactly what the logic is. This is the absolute hottest time of the year. So it's a little bit of a rough start. Um, you can be inside in the air conditioning and you can still feel the heat radiating from the windows inside. So it's, it's a tough time to be uh, anywhere. And, and the equivalence of an NFL fan watching the ticker on the bottom so they don't have to watch the entire draft to find out who they picked is like the anticipation when I was growing up of watching my school come across the bottom of the screen because it's a snow day and I don't yeah. have to go to school, which, yeah, was exactly. only one, which was only one block away. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, snow day is a little different than a hurricane. Uh, you you can see the hurricane coming, but sometimes the snow days would take you by surprise because you'd be snowing a little bit, and then you get enough inches of snow, and then all of a sudden school's canceled. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and all that means hurricane season, snow season. That means it's time for football. That's right. Absolutely. I have a random fact for you. Um, so dolphins are mammals they live under the water but they uh have to breathe air they can hold their breath for a long time but there is a land creature that can hold their breath longer sloths can slow their breathing rate their heart rate their breathing rate so slow that they actually can hold their breath longer than dolphins that is <laughs> fascinating <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd you'd like that one. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my kids were just watching that movie, uh, 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 Zootopia. Shout out Zootopia uh, for the sloth uh, that the DMV. A very funny scene. Um, all right, let's get right into the NFC South. The NFC South is playing the NFC North and the AFC South. Uh, we're gonna start with Tampa Bay. Um, they've got a quarterback battle between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Now, you watched a lot of Ch Kyle Trask at Florida. Uh, he had a spectacular se senior season, actually, uh, when you look at the stats and everything. Uh, he was a late second-round pick. Baker, obviously, number one overall pick. Um, you know, what's, what's your sense on uh, Tampa Bay, just specifically starting with quarterback at this point? You, you know, um... It's Baker Mayfield's job to lose. Um, I have seen Kyle Trask at Florida. I got to actually see him play live one time. I think uh, I went down for we. I went up to the game for a South Carolina game. No, it was a Missouri mm -hmm. game. Tickets were a little cheaper. Um, I can tell you the fans in Florida didn't like him, and they were being rough on 
you know, some some college kid that was just trying to do the best he could. Um, yeah. made made some pretty good throws. Uh, you know, he did. You know, he did have a pretty um pretty good wide receiver and tight end in Florida that year when he when he threw all the when he threw all those um yards. But I I think ultimately I think Kyle Trask will probably be mid season. He'll be he'll be starting a couple games. Uh, I don't really know who the starter is going to be or who it's going to be long-term because, I mean, I think Baker Mayfield, he's still young. So there's still, you know, he still has tons of upside. Both of them do. Um, the, the only problem with that is everybody else on their team is still kind of the players that were around when, when and before Tom Brady even came to the team and they had Jameis Winston mm-hmm. and all they were was a quarterback short of a Super Bowl win. And yeah. And so, you know, Mike Evans and, um, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin. Thank you. You know, they're both still there and, you know, they're aging. It, it's yeah. no fact, you know, four years, four years of NFL trade on you is, is a lot. Yeah. Um, the, the word out of the camp is that Trask is actually outplaying Baker Mayfield, but, uh, you're right. I think when you bring in a Baker Mayfield, it is probably his job to lose. Uh, so he'd have to, play pretty bad um but we're gonna see them in the preseason we're gonna see both of them and uh everybody's gonna see them so we'll see what happens there now they overperformed last year by inexplicably winning the division somehow over carolina and getting into the playoffs so they're outside games i already mentioned they play the nfc north and the nfc south they have to play philadelphia buffalo and san francisco and buffalo and san francisco away they have to play at buffalo and at san francisco this is a tough schedule yeah um it's a pretty tough schedule for sure um and i i got them at eight and nine this year i have them at seven and ten so we're pretty close on that one they were eight and nine last year and somehow uh, won the division um what do you think vegas has them at uh i would say eight and a half vegas is lower than both of us vegas has six and a half so Vegas doesn't think Tampa's winning the division. No. Yeah, no. Um, I think that the schedule is tough. I mean, um, I think most of the NFC North teams are going to be better than they were last year. So playing those four teams um, is a little bit of a tough one. Uh, the AFC South, I mean, you got you got a couple teams there that might be bad, but you got a couple teams that are probably going to be good. So having the Philadelphia, Buffalo, San Francisco com- combination is, is going to be uh, the difference between them going, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight or going six and uh, 11. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta added uh Bijan Robinson. They took him, I think number eight overall. Um, and, you know, the, their head coach was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Uh, so B. John Robinson has a chance to break out here and be maybe Derrick Henry Jr. Um, uh, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, you look at that and you go, he's probably going to get a lot of work. Doesn't necessarily mean the team is going to be great, but I, I think it's something to keep an eye on because I think this team wants to run the ball more. And now they have a rookie running back who could kind of fill that role. I'm not suggesting Bijan Robinson is Derrick Henry. I'm just saying he's probably going to get the workload like uh, they used to do with Derrick Henry. Uh, their outside games are Washington at Arizona and at the New York Jets. 
So kind of a mixed bag there. Um, I am not bullish on Atlanta turning it around this season. Um, they, they, you know, they, the problem here is quarterback play. Uh, Desmond Ritter doesn't look like he's quite ready to take that next step, but we'll see. I got them going seven and 10. Uh, what do you think about Atlanta this year? Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty close with you, you know, Arthur Smith second year. He's, um, you know, they were second in rushing last season. I didn't even know that till I looked it up today. Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. But the problem is this is a passing league now. So second rushing only does you really good if you're San Francisco and have a stellar defense behind you. Right. Um, and I think uh, they've taken great strides to make their defense better. I just, I, I think it's going to be a tough season for them again. I got them at six and 11. All right. What do you think Vegas uh, sees the Atlanta Falcons doing this year? Probably seven and a half. Close. They're eight and a half. Uh, wow. A little more bullish on Atlanta. Um, you know, another and what, year. What, what did you have them going? Seven and ten. Okay, yeah. And they were, they were set. Uh, I don't see them making a big step. Maybe they do win another game over last year, but um, it, it's it's just not a vastly improved team. And uh, Arthur Smith hasn't really proved that he could be great as an as a head coach the way he was great as a coordinator in Tennessee. Uh, anything else on Atlanta or Tampa before we move on? No, I think it's time to move on. All right. So moving on to New Orleans. So New Orleans, kind of a lot of changes over the last couple of years. Obviously, you know, Sean Payton retires. Um, Drew Brees retires. Uh, they go through this quarterback carousel. Um, now, their quarterback is Derek Carr. Uh, they traded for Jamal Williams. They brought in Kareem Hunt, which, who I think they signed. Uh, Alvin Kamara is suspended for three games. Um, Michael Thomas kind of disappeared, but he's back. Uh, they drafted Chris Olave. He looks like he could be a number one uh, wide receiver. So this team, for me, this is one of those, I'm completely up in the air on it. Um, I But I don't think they're going to improve vastly. Their outside games are at New England. Versus the New York Giants and then at the L.A. Rams in week 16. Um, I think they're going to repeat kind of last year. They're going to go 7-10. and 10. What do you think? 7-10. and 10. Wow. I, I wrote down a record that's not even possible for them. Um, I've got them winning six games and losing 12 games. Wow. <laughs> um, so they're going to be so bad. They're going to lose an extra game this season. No, <laughs> no we're going to call it 6-11. and 11, And, yeah, I kind of... I'm kind of with you, you know, you, you started naming all these players and outside of Chris Olave, you know, you know, they still have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill at mm. quarterback and Derek Carr, who's coming into a new system, but he's been, he's kind of been broken for a while. So he's going to need, you, you know, they've got to be able to fix him for them to have a chance. And I don't think the quarterback was, there's a quarterback whisperer in New Orleans, whether it be a position coach or offensive coordinator, or even head coach right now. Um, so I'm seeing a bad season for them as well at six and 11. Yeah. All right. So what do you think Vegas has them at? Uh, New Orleans probably got a little bit bigger fan base, 
but they're going to throw that teaser out there. I would say eight and a half as well. Nine and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty big teaser. Um, I, I would I would bet a lot of money on the under. And I think that um, you're right, Derek Carr. While he was a competent quarterback, uh, had some great games uh, with the Raiders. I think he's entered that portion of his career that a lot of quarterbacks get into where they don't they just don't want to get hit anymore. And it makes it harder for them to stand in the pocket. So that offensive line becomes incredibly important. Uh, that happened with the Tampa Bay quarterback a couple years ago. Um, he had a great offensive line, so wasn't taking any hits. Uh, so their offensive line, you know, that's you can say this about any team, but their offensive line is going to make the big difference here. They've got so many running backs. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with that situation, but uh, and also I don't know what this coach is going to do with this team. But uh, they were seven and ten last year. I've got them going seven and ten again this year. So, um, but Vegas is is bullish on them. Thinks they're going to be over five hundred. So we'll see. Carolina, a lot of changes here for Carolina. New new starting quarterback, new head coach. Um, can you name anybody on the Carolina Panthers? It's not Bryce young and no shame. in if you can't, because I, I couldn't think of anybody off the top of my head. Um, no, I, I really can't. And in fact, in my notes, Bryce young is the only name I have written down and he's a pretty young quarterback. So it's, it's going to be tough, but what I mind everybody is Matt Rule is doing exactly what I'm doing right now except he's not doing a podcast and getting paid what $580,000 a month to do so yeah that's right uh he took he somehow he took a college job uh when it was like the contract stipulated that if he didn't coach the Panthers anymore he would forfeit his money but I guess that was just NFL so he ended up getting a college job at Nebraska. Is that right? And then he's still making money from the NFL. The Carolina Panthers are still paying him what, you know, $600,000 a month. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I'm sure he's very happy. Uh, so they, they have Adam Thielen. They have DJ Chark. Uh, Adam Thielen passes prime for sure. Um, DJ Chark, you know, I don't know if he, I don't think he's number one wide receiver material, but uh, that's tough for a young quarterback to come in and have, you know, not a lot of talent around him, to be honest with you. Um, I am not bullish on this team. <laughs> the the Las Ve- or the outside games, sorry, the outside games are at Seattle, at Miami and uh, versus Dallas. That's kind of tough. Those are three t- three teams that we expect to be pretty good. And uh, I have them going two and 15. Wow. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, you kind of hit it on the head. I, I've got it even written down. You know, Bryce Young, it's definitely their future. No playmakers. You know, that's really tough to develop that um, young QB. So you're you're doing um, – you and I are probably way off on this one. I've got him at 5-12. and 12. Not impressive. But as I started writing down all of these records, I realized I didn't pick one team again with a winning record in the NFC South. And somehow the Buccaneers are going to sneak themselves into the playoffs at eight and nine again, according to my NFC South standings. Yeah, I got three teams at seven and ten, so we'll kind of see if one of those teams can break through. But they last year they were like a DJ Moore helmet toss touchdown celebration away from winning the division. 
uh, as unjust as that sort of seems, they they were right there at the end. But now uh, they're starting over, really. I mean, this is a complete rebuild top to bottom. Two and 15 might be drastic, but I just uh, I don't see a lot of wins. I'm looking up and down this, this schedule and I just don't see a lot of wins. Um, all right. What do you think Las Vegas has the Carolina Panthers doing this year? I would say probably four and a half. Six and a half. Wow. Yeah. Did, I mean, did the, now if Matt Rule was still their head coach, would it be five and a half? Two and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they did make an upgrade. I mean, Frank Reich is a, is a, is a good coach and he, you know, he, I've talked about him before. I don't know. He doesn't have a great record uh, in terms of, you know, uh, being a head coach in terms of actually producing results uh, with the quarterbacks that he has, but maybe with this young quarterback, I think this is the first time he's ever really had a young quarterback. Um, maybe he's got something to to show there. I don't know. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. So now you um you you kind of downplayed him. You you kind of sound like those um. Those probably, you know, sports guys that are in the Carolina radio market that are big Panther fans. And you're like, well, he's 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 a good coach, but he doesn't have a lot of wins under his resume. Um, You know, every hopeful fan is thinking the same thing. Uh, You know, he could be the coach of the Carolina Panthers for the next 30 years and then go on to win 10 Super Bowls with them. Or he could just be another bust like everybody else. Yeah, and Carolina's had had a, a struggle at, at uh, head coach for the last few years. Obviously, uh, we talked about Matt Rule, but um, I mean, at least there's a there's a stability factor with Frank Reg. Been around the NFL forever. Uh, he's been an assistant. Uh, worked with Bruce Arians. He's worked with Andrew Luck, um, and he was obviously an NFL quarterback himself. So. I think there's a chance that he's the right fit here, and but I don't think it's going to happen right away. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Anything else on New Orleans and Carolina before we take a break? Um, no, but I do have a one random fantasy question for you. All right. Um, and I, I know we haven't been talking a lot of fantasy sifters. Um, I, I think we, you know, come the start of the season, I'm going to maybe do, we'll do a little bit of daily. I think that's kind of where a lot of the, um, where the things are shifting to. Um, but so now your strategy has always been to stockpile running backs. Mm -hmm. Are you staying with that strategy and people who have used that strategy over the past decade or so, two decades, is that still a good strategy? Do you think with his, Past centric as this game has become. Well, yeah. When I first started playing, which was like over twenty years ago, you had to get two running backs basically with their first three picks. You just you had to get a running back in the first round, and then you know hopefully get a second one within you know the first thirty picks. Um, then it it shifted. You know, approximately ten years ago, uh, this this league just turned into a passing league, and and it's been. You either want, you know, some people grab the top quarterback or who they think is going to be the top quarterback in the first round, or they start getting receivers early. Um, Christian McCaffrey has been a, a little bit of a 
um, anomaly that way. He's been the still the guy because he can maybe catch eighty passes and also uh, you know score score get a thousand yards on the ground and score twelve touchdowns. But you know for the most part, these running backs they're not doing as much. But this year, yeah, I mean all the all the projections are like you got to take a wide receiver if you have one of those first six picks and you're not taking Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Tyreek Hill, you know, what are you doing? You know, so there's Cooper cup out there. I mean, all these guys, you got to take them. If you have one of those first five, six, seven picks, you probably have to take a wide receiver first. Yeah. Awesome. Um, You know, I've been shouting that for the mountaintop for the past decade or so. And you, I I see you're finally on board with me. Um, But unfortunately, if you look into my trophy case, there isn't a lot of, uh, wins over the past decade or so. So, I mean, you know, I don't know who's wrong. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it really depends year to year. And we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor in a minute. But, you know, you get a rookie running back, maybe like a Bijan Robinson, who is going to be great in fantasy. I would, I would bet the farm that he's going to be great in fantasy. But you don't have to take him in the first five or six picks. Now, if you really really love him you're Atlanta Falcons fan or something like that you're going to take him early but he could probably get him second round and he's going to be a great fantasy running back um so yeah I mean it's it's really it also is always uh, depends on your draft right you the other people in your draft you know there you always have fans that take their favorite players and um you know people who are maybe a little bit different on their strategies um different on their priorities so, yeah, I mean, but the reality is that it's it's really the re- the receivers' reign now. They're they're much more durable. They're much yeah less likely to get injured. They're you know catching ninety passes. They're catching ten plus touchdowns. Uh, whereas those running backs are just not getting as much. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I um I I think PPRs a big part part of that, but. I think these are the these are the leagues people are searching out now, and in daily fantasy PPR is a real thing, so you you got to just start looking at these kinds of things. Yeah, that's the default now is PPR. Some people have half point PPR just to make it a little bit more fair, but um, yeah, it's it's the pass catching running backs or the wide receivers that are going to get a lot of volume. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back with uh, the AFC South. All right, the AFC South will play the AFC North and the NFC South this year. Um, We'll start with Houston. They drafted a quarterback, and they also drafted an edge rusher um, with the first, well, with the second and third picks. So uh, that has to work out for them over the next 10 years. Uh, Those two picks will make all the difference for them. But besides C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, can you name another Houston Texan? And no shame if you can't, because I can't either. Ooh, I've got this. Um no, hold on. <laughs> no, I I thought I knew the kicker's name for a minute, but I don't remember. <laughs> they did have Kai Fairburn for a while, but I don't know if he's still the kicker. 
uh, kickers move around a little bit. Um, yeah. Not the good so, ones. Right. Exactly right. Um, all right. So they've got a, a rookie quarterback that's – there's probably no question that he's going to start day one. Um but not a lot of skill around him, similar to the situation with Bryce Young in Carolina. Um, I, this is, it's tough. You know, it's just, you're starting, you know, Peyton Manning came into the league and I think that they were like, I think the, the Indianapolis was like one fifteen. you know, um, it doesn't necessarily reflect on the quarterback. If you start off very bad, your first season, um, he threw a ton of interceptions as well. Um, and he was like, you know, the biggest prospect in a generation or whatever. Um, the outside games for Houston are Arizona, Denver, and then at the New York Jets. Uh, they have a, kind of an early buy, but week seven. Um, but I don't see a lot of wins coming out of this team. I think they're going to go five and 12 if they're lucky. And um, what do you think? Yeah, you know, um, I'm right on par with you there, 5-12. and 12. Uh, I see huge upside for the future of this team, you know, three to four years down the road when that window is closing shot on all these rookies that they have on their team now. Uh, if, this, if this team can gel in the next two seasons, you know, three seasons from now, two seasons from now, I, I think – uh, Houston's going to be a legitimate division contender uh, and not having an issue getting there and, you know, having a chance against uh, some of those AFC contenders as they maybe start to take a backseat to um, the, uh, riding the crest of the wave that they're in right now with their, the success they have. Uh, but just the way things work in the NFL, those money contracts, they come, they come around and they go pretty quickly and, you know, there's no teams that really survive outside of five to six year window before, you know, it starts. There's a paradigm shift in the division. Right. And we talked about this, I think, last year, um, broke it down. And, you know, basically a, a, a head coach, unless they're like, you know, a legacy coach who's been around for a while and, you know, coached a bunch of different teams for multiple years. They have like a five year window. They've got to. Uh, either get to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl within about five years. Um, so, D'Amico Ryan's that's what he's got to do is get to the Super Bowl in five years. So that's tough. But um, last year they were three thirteen and one. I have them going five and twelve as you do. What do you think Las Vegas has them at? Probably five and twelve. So Las Vegas thinks a little bit higher of them, got them at six and a half. Just, I think that's, um, that's a hedge. Uh, that's, that's, uh, Las Vegas saying, uh, we dare you to pick them at six or, un- or fewer wins. Um, yeah. I don't see that. I, I don't see them getting more than six wins, but that's a, that's where, that's where Vegas is trying to, to bait you, I think. Yeah, I see them beating Atlanta, Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver, and Tennessee once because they just sometimes those beating their division foe twice in one season is just really hard to do. Yeah, I've got them splitting with a couple of their division foes. And these are just random predictions, uh, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I've got a similar thing where kind of division splits. That's how they're going to get to five wins. But, all right. 
anything else on Houston before we move on to Indianapolis? No, let's move on northward. All right. Yeah. Weirdly, the Indianapolis Colts are in the AFC South still. Um, they have a new rookie quarterback as well, who's likely to start right away. Gardner Minshew is there as the backup, but I think Anthony Richardson is going to get the start right away. You have watched Anthony Richardson at Florida. You don't seem to be terribly impressed by him. Maybe you think he's a, a couple years away from being a, a good starting NFL quarterback, but what are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson? You know, I, and I know this sounds crazy saying it, but Anthony Richardson's another quarterback that is going to need someone like um, uh, Kyle Shanahan as his mm. head coach, or that type of um, that type of offense is what's going to suit uh, Richardson the best. Uh, but he he did really well in Florida. Um, you know, ironically, now you know the Gators might have two starting quarterbacks in the NFL when two, four years ago they couldn't produce one. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think Indy's going to have a tough time, but they're going to win some games only because I think the division is weak and they get to play the a- NFC. I think that, you know, yeah. that going for them. Um, so I've got them at seven and 10, but I, but I do like, um, you know, Anthony, Richardson, you got to protect that young QB and give them lots of options. And I think he'll, uh, I think he'll be be fine. All right, and I agree. I think it, it's going to be one of the most interesting teams this year um, because I think they have upside. Um, you know, he could be mm, the part partially Lamar Jackson. You know that if he has that kind of uh, offensive yeah. scheme, they may not, they may not know how to defend him for. Right, you know, an entire season because we've seen that so many times. That yeah, you're right there. I do agree. Um, so they they do have the element of surprise on their side for a while. They have a weird situation with Jonathan Taylor. I talked about him earlier. Um, he w- had a great rookie season, then he got hurt. Now he's like he was saying he's going to hold out. Now he's demanding a trade. Um, getting hurt and then demanding a trade is a weird move. Um, uh, cause it doesn't seem like you got a lot of leverage there, but that, I don't know what's going to happen with that, uh, that, that running back situation. It may be a lot of Anthony Richardson running the ball. So we'll see what they do. And, and, and that, that does dovetail with your point, which is that the, uh, NFL defenses may not know what to do exactly with Anthony Richardson to begin with. They may adjust to him and uh, then it may be over for him for a little while, but uh, he could win some games just because they don't know how to handle an athlete like that. Um, Their outside games are the LA Rams, the new England Patriots and the Las Vegas Raiders. They get all of them at home, so that's a little bit of a help indoors there. So no matter what the weather is like, they're going to have some some cool games. Um, I've got them going 6-11. and 11. What do you think? Well, so last year they were 4-12-1. Um, I've got them 6-11. and 11. What do you think Vegas has them at? In the larger fan base, I would say 7.5. 6.5. So right there, I mean, 
it, it, that's really kind of where it is. Probably between six and seven games, they're gonna. They're that sounds. And about what right. did you pick them for? Six and eleven. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we're um, we we've been on point on a lot of these so far. Yeah, we're we're in agreement on a lot. Um, I'm way lower on I think Carolina than you, but you don't see a great season for Carolina. I just didn't see a lot of wins coming out of there. Um, all right, let's move on. We've got two more teams, uh, Tennessee. So they didn't make a ton of big changes, but they did add DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they have Traylon Burks, who was their you know number one wide receiver pick a couple of years ago. Um, this team still has Derrick Henry. They still have Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think you know the defense is is going to be an issue because it has been um and i don't think they've made a lot of changes there but uh you know they play the afc north and the nfc south we've talked about this we don't neither of us like the nfc south much this year um the afc north games are going to be tough they have uh the chargers the outside games are the chargers my at miami and then versus seattle so those are three probably tough games from our perspective. Um, what do you think about uh, this team, the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I'm. I'm convinced Ryan Tannehill is probably not the right quarterback for Tennessee anymore. But you don't love the one you want; you love the one you're with, um, and that's Ryan Tannehill at the moment. Uh, you, you know. I we we write down all these predictions as we get to them, and the further and further we get along, we're like I started putting t- today's together, and I didn't pick one team today with a winning record out of all eight teams, and I I'm questioning my own judgment at this point, but I only see four win four wins on Tennessee's schedule. I just I, I think they're not going to be what we what they were the couple the year ago when they. Uh, when they made the AFC championship, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it's going to be a lot of unfortunate circumstances for Tennessee. They're not a bad football team. I just think they're going to be put in a lot of bad spots and what they're going to be questionable. Mike Vrabel at the end of the season. That's interesting because Mike Vrabel has been uh, very highly touted for a long time now. I mean, I feel like it's been what six or seven seasons where, you know, He's been sort of like floated around as like coach of the year. I think he even won uh, one of those. Uh, it, but this is a tough schedule. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins makes a huge difference. We didn't see a lot of him last year uh, because of the suspension. Um, and he is, I think, 31. And it's like, you know, this is when wide receivers turn a little bit. Um, they had Julio Jones. Uh, for a little while, and that didn't seem to spark anything. They have a problem. Ryan Tannehill is a competent quarterback, but um, they have Malik Willis that they drafted. I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. <laughs> they drafted basically uh, a guy to replace him, and it didn't work out. So um, I, I have them going 7-10. and 10. They were 7-10 and 10 last year. What do you think Las Vegas has them at? Well, I would say 6.5. Seven and a half. It feels like you've been just one game off on all of these teams. But, yeah, seven and a half, uh, not high on the Tennessee Titans this year. 
Yeah, I'm really low on the Tennessee Titans, according to you two, you in Vegas. Yeah, me in Vegas uh, have been pretty close on all these. But the last team we're going to talk about, uh, I think we're going to be separated a bit. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars. So Calvin Ridley comes off of his whole year suspension for gambling on football games, if that's what he did. Um, The defense is good. They have Doug Peterson, who's really seemed to turn that team around. Um, Trevor Lawrence definitely taking a step forward. Looked more like the quarterback that everybody expected him to be when he came out of the draft, uh, especially over the last you know six or seven games, and then in the playoffs with that incredible comeback against the Chargers. Um, I like this team this year, but you know they're outside games. KC, Buffalo, and San Francisco. So I'm not sure you could pick three tougher games uh, for them to play outside of the, you know, the AFC North and NFC South in their own division. So that's going to be tough for them. But I see them getting wins everywhere else. I've got them going 13 and four and dominating this division. What do you think about the Jaguars? Wow. You, um, we're, we're going to have to mark the tape on that one at 39 minutes and 42 seconds. You predicted the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win 13 games this upcoming NFL season. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got them going 6-10-1. Remember, I picked a tie earlier um, in our podcast with Cincinnati on that thrilling Monday night game that everyone's going to watch. It's going to be the greatest Monday night game in football history. Mark my words. Um you know, I, I believe you when you think they're going to get to 13 wins. And I, I think that's a possibility because I think Trevor Lawrence is, has the capability of being that quarterback. And, you know, now that they've gotten over the blunder of Urban Meyer, uh, I, I see where you're going with this, but I see 6-10-1. And, and I see them having a bad season. Uh, not a bad season, but just you said, couple big name opponents on there splitting splitting the division the AFC North it's going to be a little too much for them all right but let's just really talk about their schedule just for a minute they have the bye in week nine so the first eight games they do have KC and Buffalo in there they get KC and Buffalo at home so that helps a little bit gives them a little bit of a chance but they've also got Indianapolis, Houston, Atlanta, Indianapolis again, and New Orleans and Pittsburgh in their first eight games. I think, you know, maybe they lose a couple of those games, but, you know, before they're by, that's a pretty good schedule. Um, the, the rest of the schedule gets a little bit tougher, so if they don't do really well at the beginning of the season, then it's going to be tough for them to get, you know, to 13, but... I see them winning a lot of those games, those early games. Yeah, see, that's where I guess that's where a big difference is. I've got them split with Indy early, uh, beating Houston, and not winning it again until they play New Orleans. Wow. Well, I mean, certainly they could lose KC and Buffalo those games, and certainly they could win. They could lose any of those other games, but I, you know, I, I don't think Indianapolis is going to be great. Um, and I don't think New Orleans is going to be great. I think Houston's going to maybe be bad. Um, so I don't know. They've got Carolina in the second half. They've got Tennessee twice, who I don't think very very highly of this year. So 
I don't know. I I think they're going to lose to San Francisco. I think they're going to lose to KC. Uh, They might surprise Buffalo or one of those other teams, but that's where I've got uh, them. I'm, I'm way off though in Vegas. So last year, uh, they were nine and eight. What do you think Vegas has them at? Eight and a half. Nine and a half. But you know, it's always one game off with you this this week. Um, yeah, nine and a half. So uh, obviously, I'm way way bullish on them, and I should probably put some money down on them. Take on on the over. Um, I'm like three and a half games over. So. Uh, that's just my prediction. Somebody, somebody out of the one of these two divisions has to be a decent team or a a good team. So this year, last year I said Philadelphia. This year I'm riding with Jacksonville. Yeah, you know I I can't doubt you there, but you know just reflecting back, I, I the best team I've picked today is to go eight nine, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is going to do worse than that. So. Uh, something's going on in the South right now with, uh, the NFL football, according to the mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just my prediction and there's thousands of them out there. All right. We, we need to talk about a couple other things. Um, first of all, this is something that you brought to my attention when we did our in-person podcast. Uh, the, what I'm calling the Brock Purdy rule, every team is required to carry, Four quarterbacks, essentially. Is that right? No, that's not right. Oh. A team has an option of having a – so the NFL team, you can have one quarterback and one backup quarterback on your roster at an NFL game day. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, a slot slated, a special position for an emergency quarterback that can only be used in the emergency quarterback slot. So what the NFL, in essence, did is added a spot to where the emergency quarterback is not one of your roster spots. Oh, I see. So you could technically have four quarterbacks on your roster if you so choose to. One of them is an emergency quarterback, and one of them is like an emergency, emergency quarterback. Yeah. And this is this is the Brock Purdy rule, though, because yeah, but most I I feel like most teams aren't really going to roll with more than three. I mean, four is you if you have four quarterbacks on your team, there's no way that fourth quarterback is seeing any field time. And you know, as we remember, you know, Josh Johnson, yeah, when he was playing in the NFC Championship game six days earlier, he was in Denver on their practice squad. Yeah, Uh, so it just or it wasn't the NFC championship game. Forgive me. Uh, the week 17 uh, or whatever it might've been the playoffs the following week. I, I forget the situation now, but he, he wasn't even with the team seven days prior. So he, you can't a quarterback can't be expected to move into a system like that and, and be productive, which is why they just, they sh- just should have four. I mean, they just should just, you have to, I mean, I, I see I see the I see the genius in allowing them an extra spot. Um but it, it just the the I mean watching that NFC championship game, I mean from a San Francisco fan, that was tough, but like just watching it, watching them like 
seeing who maybe Christian McCaffrey could be the quarterback. I mean, they were like, they were, they were thinking like, I mean, they were trying anything they could think of um, at that point. And so there, there's a little bit I, I heard about that situation. So Christian McCaffrey was the like default quarterback in that uh, situation, mm-hmm. but they couldn't get a they could not get him a, a helmet with a headset in it. Right. So they were unable to get him plays. And you can't have your running back uh, calling plays that it's just not something in their repertoire that they're expected to do. But when you can say, hey, run the ball to the right, you know, you can, you know, the protection, obviously that's a quite different uh, balance. And right. so it, it made it quite difficult for them. But now I can promise you that. Kyle Shanahan and a lot of NFL coaches at this point are starting to say, okay, listen, let's not let this happen to us. Let's not let it happen again. Let's have a backup, backup, backup plan. And, you know, maybe Christian McCaffrey throwing the ball is, is that answer. Yeah, I guess so. You know, there was a time when I think they would have probably just thrown Josh Johnson back out there, but now, you know, they've got the concussion spies, and if they think there's any chance that a player has a concussion, they won't let him back out on the field. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's that's not the correct thing to do, but that's just the reality. So um, I think that's what they have to prepare for is, you know, you've got three quarterbacks on your roster, but one of them is injured, and then one of them just came off some other team's practice squad, and then if the starting quarterback gets injured, you're just out of luck. Like there's just there's just nothing you can do. So I know that you're, what you're saying is like you know they're going to be prepared for that situation and the emergency quarterback, which a lot of teams you know every team has has that situation. They they got to be prepared with the helmet. I guess I, I don't know why they can't wear another player's helmet or did it just not fit or yeah you know? probably did it probably didn't fit and. Even now with concussion protocols, their concussion protocols, there's even new things now. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's just it's unfortunate that that's the way it went down, you know, but Philadelphia, no hands down beat uh, San Francisco. So, you know, I don't want to take anything away from them in this uh, in this rant. All right. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, we did get some news kind of recently about the the Hard Rock, uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Casino getting um, a positive win in court in terms of being allowed to offer um, people the chance to bet on anything, uh, but as specifically for us, NFL football uh, on an app. So I, I don't know if you have any updates on that. Do you have any thoughts or updates on that? No, I took a peek around uh, the internet a couple times, uh, looking for looking for news stories to see if there's anything with credible credibility behind it. But I haven't been able to find anything yet. Um, I, I think there's a proceeding on the way, or a decision being, you know, reviewed uh, with whoever. I'm not yeah. even sure, uh, but I, I think you know. I think there's going to be a, probably a resolution sometime around the start of the football season because, you know, somehow something will get done and, you know, we can uh, we, we can bet our hard-earned dollars on um, NFL football. 
which is always a little bit of fun, but it's always more fun when you win something. Yeah, and you can bet where there's money to be made. Usually something gets done. So there's money to be made here um, uh, by the casino. So uh, they're going to make sure this happens. Uh, I think you're right. I think we're going to get a decision sometime around when the actual NFL season starts. Uh, Anything else before we go? Uh, No, I think we've covered everything. Uh, We've got one more one more pre uh, prediction show for the NFC, the NFC AFC West coming up mm-hmm. and then our super prediction show where we taking those as two different shows again. I mean, we'll see what happens. We might just combine those shows or we'll do two different ones. We'll see how, how it all shakes out. Okay. Uh, but we can, um, we can figure that out. Uh, so for the mayor myself, thank you for listening. We're going to be able to be reached on social media. We have a Facebook page. It is at anything NFL powered by the SIF podcast, but you can just search for SIF podcast. Also, you can follow us on Spotify. You can find us on, on Spotify under SIFT podcast, S-I-F-T podcast. Um, and you'll get, you'll get immediate uh, notifications when we have a new episode like this one. Uh, the mayor can also be found at 49 Gators on X slash Twitter. Um, so you can email, I mean, sorry, tweet, I mean, sorry, tweet him there with anything that you uh, can think of to ask him and he will answer. Um, and if there's any uh, SIFT historians out there that are keeping track of our random facts, I apologize if I've repeated any random facts. I feel like I have. Uh, I try not to, but I don't have a proper log. So if anybody has something like that, uh, share it with the you, mayor. I, I don't recall you. Um, I don't recall you repeating any random facts, but maybe that's the guilty conscience trying to um, come clean. But if you did, you fooled me with random facts. But I usually make a inappropriate joke, anyways. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So next week we're going to do the NFC West and the AFC West, and then we'll be done with our previews. And then we'll decide, like you said, if we're going to do our um, uh, kind of our, our super preview of, you know, MVP and, and uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl and all that stuff. So for the mayor and myself, again, thank you for listening. We will talk to you very shortly next week. Bye. Sifters, thank you for listening. Again, like us on Spotify. All you have to do is look up Sift Podcast. You'll find us. Please like us and follow us on Spotify. It will greatly increase the chances that more of these episodes will be able to be made. So just do that. But you can also follow us on social media. You can search for SIF Podcast on Facebook. Or you can find the mayor at 49Gators on Twitter. Uh, Either one of those is going to help. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will definitely be making more. Talk to you next week.